Welcome into the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney. So hopefully you all have had a good week, and if you haven't gotten a chance yet, check out our Twitter page. We are, I am giving away two tickets to the Cardinals-Dodgers game on the 31st of May. That contest runs through the 28th, so hopefully whoever our winner is, if they don't already live in the St. Louis area, is able to make some plans. So give that a give us a follow, give that a retweet. You know, free baseball tickets. Gotta love it. So let's get into some baseball here. So I want to talk about the unlikely Blue Jays Braves rivalry. I mean, when I think of uh, big historic baseball rivals, uh, my mind doesn't automatically go to the Atlanta Braves and the Toronto Blue Jays. But uh, it all started with when Kevin Pillar. Uh, used a homophobic slur at Braves relief pitcher, former Cardinal Jason Mott. Kevin Pillar was in suspended two games, but what really got the feud going, in my opinion, was the Joey Bautista bat flip. If you didn't see that bat flip, and Joey Bautista's already been known for some bat flip antics that piss people off, but he, I mean, this, this put the first one to shame. So, if you haven't seen this, you have to find the highlight. So, he hits a home run, does like a half-kick bat flip, and then just parades around the bases. And then he got hit the next day, as he should have. And everybody is all crying and complaining because somebody got hit because they acted like an asshole the day before. Well, guess what? That's baseball. If you... Do a bat flip like Joey Batista, and you round the bases in the manner that he did. You are trying to start something. There is no way around it. There's no oh no, that's just you know his flair. That's just what he does. No, you're you're trying to rub some dirt in a wound of the other team, and you're going to get hit for it. And he did get hit for it. And I'm glad that they didn't immediately throw the Braves pitcher. I believe it was uh, T-Ron. Don't quote me on that. But I'm glad they didn't throw him out of the game because that's something that needed to happen. Everybody wants to cry about throwing at people. It's part of baseball. And little fun fact for you listeners out there that may not know some of this information. So in, I mean, this is just talking to my experience as it relates. So hit a triple off this kid back in high school because, you know, that's where my glory days of baseball ended. And he was a he was a good pitcher. He was drafted by the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates organization out of college. And I hit a triple off of him. I celebrated. I celebrated way too much. Guess what happened the next time I came up to bat? I took like an 85 mile an hour fastball to the ribs. I deserved it. And I knew it was coming. I knew I'd celebrated too much. That's just kind of it. In baseball, if you do a bat flip and then you celebrate all the way around the bases on a home run, you are going to pay for it. And luckily they hit him and not a teammate because it was his own stupid actions that got all this going. But And they did it the right way. You know, they didn't do like the... uh, Red Sox, they didn't throw at his head. They hit him right in the midsection, you know, in a in a non-harmful location. And it's part of baseball. If you don't like it, maybe baseball's not for you. That's just the facts of baseball. 
I think that it's how the game's been played for over 100 years and how it's going to continue to be played. If you do crap like Joey Batista did, you are going to get plunked. And I think that I've talked about before that I that's a part of baseball self-policing that I'm okay with. Happens in hockey, they fight. Then they go to the penalty box, and everybody's friends again. <laughs> so, moving on to some more baseball notes. Uh, the uh, Fox Sports 1 game of the week last night was the Kansas City Royals and the New York Yankees. And Danny Duffy threw a gem against the Yankees last night. Uh, Ten strikeouts, no earned runs. Uh, you know, it was a real... <laughs> the Royals needed that start. It was his season high in strikeouts. Uh, Mike Moustakis hit his 10th home run last season. And I read a column in the Kansas City Star this morning about how Mike Moustakis is now on place on pace after his 10th home run of the season. Drake, the season, single-season home run record, which was 36 by Steve Bally in 1985. 36 home runs is the most home run a Royal has ever hit. And I know Brett was more of a singles, doubles kind of guy, a triples kind of guy. But you would think somewhere along the way in the steroid era, someone would have hit 40 home runs for the Royals. It's almost amazing to think about. I went through the other day, and I got on uh, uh, BaseballReference.com and looked up Albert Pujols' numbers when he was in St. Louis. And for the 11 years he was in St. Louis, I mean, I think he may have broken, or he may have broken the Royals' single-season home run record every single year he was there. Uh, it's amazing. And I know that, uh, Kaufman is a big ballpark. They, uh, recently moved the fences in a little, but you still play 81 games on the road. And of course, if you're trying to draft for your ballpark, you want gap guys, you know, double, triple guys, Lorenzo Kane type guys, George Brett type guys. But you would think somewhere along the way throughout all the steroids of the late nineties, early two thousands someone would have hit 40 home runs for the Royals. So I just I found that kind of interesting, thought I would pass that information along. Uh, so the Royals are 17 and 21 right now. I'd still I'd still fire sale if I'm the Royals. Keep Dan Duffy and Salvi Perez and overhaul the rest of the team. But another uh, story that was coming out of that game last night was A-Rod was in the booth for this game, and I really enjoyed it. I, I think A-Rod's a good announcer. To me, to me, I think that your delivery and your just the tone of your voice makes a huge difference of whether or not you're easy to listen to for a baseball game. And I, I joked, I said that uh, he is way better than the Fox Sports Kansas City guys, uh, Fiziak, uh, Rex Hudler, and Jeff Montgomery may be the worst TV crew in baseball. And if they're listening, I'm sorry. But those guys put me to sleep almost every time I turn on a baseball game. And I think that Cardinals fans are a little bit spoiled in that because Dan McLaughlin, in my opinion, is a top three uh, play-by-play guy in baseball. And he makes the games easier to watch. Uh You know, of course, Vin Scully was my favorite, uh, will probably always be my favorite. I remember as a kid getting to to listen to Jack Buck from time to time. I think Joe Buck is really good, but of course, uh, I was talking about regional broadcasters. And uh, John Miller, Steve Miller, 
Some somebody looked that up and uh, give me a tweet. I believe he is the play-by-play guy for the Baltimore Orioles, and he used to do ESPN Sunday Night Baseball uh, with Joe Morgan, and I really enjoy him as a play-by-play guy as well. I think he's extremely talented. I think he makes the games fun to listen to, and I mean that that means a lot whenever you're sitting there watching a baseball game. But more on the A Rod, uh, A Rod joining the booth. Lucas sent me an article probably a year ago, or maybe it was during the playoffs last year, about what ty- what type of uh, teammate A Rod was, and how- what he was like to work with for those Fox Sports One guys. Because you know A Rod has made so much money in his career, and he kind of you know he's people hate A Rod. That's <laughs> that's the whole point of this story. But they were talking about the FS1 crew. He would bring them on his charter jet and they would fly home after each world series games and that's not something that fox sports paid for that's something that a rod paid for out of pocket and all of those guys just genuinely appreciated you know how nice and generous that alex rodriguez was and i think that you don't hear a lot of that about a rod and i think it's a shame because you know the you know the new york media and how he kind of left seattle and then how he didn't end up going to Boston, went to the Yankees, uh, really painted him in a negative light that's kind of carried him throughout his career, all the way to the end of his career, you know, with his, I guess, disputes with the Yankees along the way. But I like A-Rod. I, when I was a kid, A-Rod and King Griffey Jr. with the Seattle Mariners loved those teams. Loved, loved, loved the Seattle Mariners back in those days. So now it's time for our always famous Purple Rain segment. The Rockies keep rolling at 26 and 16. They still hold the top spot in the NL West. And what my Purple Rain note of the day is Greg Holland. What a great signing by the Rockies. Uh, Holland leads baseball with 18 saves, and second place is Craig Kimbrell with 12. I love that signing. I talked about it in our baseball preview podcast. I said that I think that Greg Holland, if he was able to resemble any way the guy that closed in for the Kansas City Royals, that that the Rockies were going to be getting just an absolute steal. Because, you know, we we have a pretty short memory in sports, but Wade Davis was the eighth inning guy, and Holland was the closer for those World Series teams. So, I mean, I thought that that really spoke highly of how talented that Greg Holland was and how much faith uh, Ned Yost and the Royals had in him. So, on to the other side of the state. The Cardinals were swept in a miniseries by the Boston Red Sox. Questionable bullpen management by Mike Matheny. I know, crazy, right? Mike Matheny making dumb decisions, not knowing how to manage his bullpen. Kind of sounds like a broken record. But, again, if you want to see the Cardinals in person, enter our fumbling punter giveaway on Twitter. Uh, The... Cardinals and the White Sox are reportedly favorites, and this is from uh, either Tim Brown or Jeff Passan of Yahoo Sports. I want to give credit to the right people. Uh, They reported that the Cardinals and White Sox are favorites to sign 19-year-old Cuban outfielder, and I'm going to butcher this name, uh, Luis Robert. Uh, It's spelled like Luis Robert, but I'm I'm just going to guess it's Luis Robert. Uh, The deal is expected to be around $20 million dollars, and as usual, I don't know a ton about the this Cuban prospect, but other Cuban players, as we all know, have panned out really well. The Hernandez brothers, Levon and El Duque, 
Uh, of course, Araldus Chapman's had great success, as has Yasiel Puig, Cespedes. Uh, Yosmani Tomas is still kind of working his way, feeling his way through baseball. Uh, Aledmus Diaz has turned out to be a really good uh, shortstop for the St. Louis Cardinals. So you've definitely, you know, seen plenty of success with these young Cuban players. So let's move on to a little NHL. And so I tweeted, the Nashville fans are killing me. I mean, in like the best way possible. They have now brought a skinned duck and a dead, separate dead duck to the two games in Nashville and have thrown them on the ice against the Anaheim Ducks. I think that is hilarious. You know, you see the shots outside of Bridgestone Arena in downtown Nashville, and Nashville is really, really buying into this uh, Stanley Cup run that the Predators are having. They did lose a tough one last night in uh, overtime. The series is now tied 2-2, headed back to Anaheim for Game 5. That will be a fun one to watch. Now I want to get over into the NBA. My first note here is that the Supermax contracts are ridiculous. Uh, they're more than $200 million, like 218 over five years, four years, uh, somewhere in that range. It's an insane amount of money. But this hit the news because Paul George and Gordon Hayward lost out on $30-plus million each by not making the All-NBA teams and not making them eligible to receive the Supermax contract extension. The Supermax deals allow teams to pay their stars a maximum of 35% of the salary cap, which is just a hair over $100 million right now, but going up over the next couple of years. So I can name you every player in the NBA worth 35% of the salary cap. LeBron, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. That is it. Uh, And another note, and I I think I may... This may be the namesake of the podcast. I would love to see how much money LeBron James would be worth on the open market uh, Major League Baseball style because Major League Baseball has no maximum deals. You know, they have no salary caps. They You can spend, it is a true market value for your players. And I would love to see what LeBron would get on a market like that. I think you could make a real case he is worth 80 to $100 million per year. And here's why. Clayton Kershaw and Zach Gronke make $30 million a year and they pitch every fifth day. So they don't even play in 80% of their team's games. And they make $30 million a year. Mike Conley makes $30 million a year for the Grizzlies. They make the first round of the playoffs. Drew Brees is going to make $31 million this year. And he plays one side of the ball. His team doesn't make the playoffs. And with LeBron, you can punch your ticket to the NBA Finals. He has the biggest brand in sports and is basically your general manager because guys want to play with him. Guys want to play with LeBron. They want to try to get a ring. And I don't think that no one individual player in the league puts asses in the seats like LeBron. So when you talk about for marketing competitive or yeah, marketing competitive and business purposes, LeBron is the best bargain in sports. And I think that on the open market, he could be worth well north of $100 million. I mean, think about that. If you had a true uh, Major League Baseball style uh, open market, you're uh, able to sign guys for as much money as you want to pay them or you feel they are deserve to be paid, 
how can you argue against LeBron not being worth eighty to a hundred million dollars a year? I, I I mentioned all the reasons. You have the biggest brand in sports. You're gonna go win championships, go to the NBA Finals at the very minimum. He's shown that time and time again in his career. And what what's the dollar amount on that? I I think it could be worth eighty to a hundred million dollars. If Bryce Harper gets four hundred million dollars by someone next year, then I think you could really make the case that LeBron James could be worth one bill or could have been worth one billion dollars five years ago on a ten year one billion dollar contract. I want to know your guys' thoughts on this. Do you think that what do you think in an open market LeBron James could fetch? I think the number is well well over $50 million. And it's kind of a kind of an interesting point to take because uh you know basketball does have you know their the maximum the supermax you can pay anybody is 35% of the salary cap which is $101 million. So I want to know what you guys think. Uh give us a tweet, shoot me a text, email, whatever whatever you want to get in touch. Let me know what you think LeBron James would be worth per year at this stage in his career. I I, I think it's a fun point. So hopefully you guys get in touch. We'd love to hear from everybody. And the only other note I have from the All-NBA teams is, uh, you know, Clay Thompson was left off. I've long said I think Clay is the forgotten, underappreciated warrior, and that's why I think that when his contract is up, he will leave Golden State. Uh I think that, you know, the fact that he gets no love, he guards the best perimeter player on the other team. Uh, he had 60 and three quarters this year, earlier this year. The guy, the guy, I don't think he's LeBron James, but I think that if he went to Memphis, Houston, New Orleans, Portland, or Boston, they could all be real contenders for a title. I think if he went to the Lakers and maybe they got Lonzo Ball, they could... I mean, they would be a lot better in a hurry because not only are you making your team better, but you're making the Warriors worse because they have one less great weapon and Steph Curry's going to have to play defense. And I've told you guys for a long time, Steph Curry can't play defense. I don't think Steph Curry could guard me because, uh, you know, I'm going in at like 200 right now. So I'm pretty sure that I could just put a body into him and just throw him to the ground because he weighs like 116 pounds soaking wet. I think that, uh, you know, if you take Clay Thompson off that team, that especially with the possibility of Kevin Durant leaving at any time, basically after they win a ring. So with Kevin Durant gone, if Clay Thompson leaves, you've got Steph and you've got Draymond. You're not winning a title with Steph and Draymond. And Zaza Bulicic. <laughs> That's not a championship caliber team. It's a good team. They might win 60 games a year. But you ain't winning a championship with them. You know what the Golden State Warriors are without Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant? The Boston Celtics. Isaiah Thomas, similar uh, to... Steph Curry and the fact that they're both offensive-minded uh, shooting point guards that may be a little bit of a lot of a liability on defense. And then Draymond Green is a rich man's Al Horford. That's, I think that's a pretty good analogy of the Warriors without 
Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant are the Boston Celtics. So if do you? I don't think you can afford to let Clay Thompson go, but you're going to have to start giving him some respect. You're going to have to start getting him some shots. When he scores sixty and three quarters, you're going to have to start letting him stay in for the whole game. Because the guy has the potential to be a star, a big star in the league. So, those are just my thoughts. Uh, next week, we are going to, Lucas and I are going to get into our quarter season baseball review. Uh, you know, give you guys some predictions where we were right, where we were wrong. Uh, everybody knows I was wrong on the Texas Rangers. And we are going to talk, you know, quarter season MVP, quarter season Cy Young, quarter season manager of the year. Spoiler alert, Bud Black of the Colorado Rockies. <laughs> That's all I got for you guys today. Hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Thank you for tuning in. For the Fumbling Punter, I'm Devin Keeney. Bye, guys. <laughs>